episode 54 of How About Them Huskies, the first of 2024. I'm Connor. I'm joined by just Matt today, another two-man show. But we got a big game to recap. If you guys missed it a couple days ago, UConn defeated DePaul 85-56. to It was actually kind of scary in the beginning. The Huskies struggled to score at first. They didn't score in the first, like, four minutes, I believe. It was a neck-and-neck game over the first... 10 minutes or so, but the story of this game has to be that the dynamic duo from three of Cam Spencer and Alex Caravan. They combined for 37 points and seven triples. Caravan's a guy who's been struggling from deep over the past month or so. Cam, he's low-key been struggling a little bit himself. He hasn't shot many. He hasn't made many recently, if you look at the box score, even though he still gets his consistent 15 or so points per game. A lot of that has been kind of driving and making layups. He hasn't made many threes over the past few weeks, but four threes for him. Overall, dominant game against a certainly a weaker opponent. What'd you like from that one? Uh, just everybody playing kind of how they're supposed to, uh, with the exception of Tristan Newton, I would say. Um, we kind of saw the team that we definitely expected coming into the year. Caravan and Spencer hitting their threes. Uh, another great game from Samson. Great to see. Uh, I mean, even off the bench, Solo, Bahasan, Diara, all making big impacts. Jalen Stewart, 10 points. So everybody kind of coming out playing as we expected. Obviously, DePaul, not the best team in the conference. Certainly not the second worst team either. So uh, just good to see everybody come out, play kind of as, as they're expected. But weird to see Tristan Newton out there with uh, zero points. Yeah, it was definitely... I don't think I expected that out of Tristan Newton this year, especially against DePaul. It was He was in foul trouble in the first half, and then in the second half he barely played because we were up by 25 the whole time. He didn't. He only took three shots. It's not like he had an awful game shooting. He only took. He was 0 for 3, 0 for 2 from distance. He still had five rebounds and seven assists, so his impact was certainly there. But some of the other guys you mentioned had massive games. Hassan Diara, I feel like, had his best game as a Husky, undoubtedly. 14 points, five rebounds, five assists. He made three threes. I feel like... I don't remember many games where he even hit two last year. To see him knock down three, three of four even, it's not like he's taken six or seven and he's just happened to find three. He legitimately knocked down three. He, If he's a threat from there, especially seeing he kind of wasn't last year, I feel like we're in great shape off the bench. You also mentioned solo ball. He had his, I feel like eight points is around what you're going to expect from him. Eight points, a couple of threes. If you get that, you're in a good place. If you get less, you're probably all right, but... Eight points from him in 20 minutes. Jalen Stewart was in the rotation. He scored. Jaden Ross got a couple of minutes, I believe, in the first half. He played five minutes total. But an interesting fact to what I feel like is there was no Yusuf Singari really at all. We saw that. You saw him play against St. John's, obviously. Donovan Klingon's out, so Samson's our only true center. Singari played against St. John's. He only played, like, garbage minutes against DePaul. I feel like I know the reason for that. It's because DePaul doesn't really have a center or really a center that's as threatening as a Joel Soriano. Like Alex Caravan's like the same size and build as the DePaul big man. So we that allows us to go small and we went small a lot and it was obviously successful, but kind of surprising that Singari really didn't get any run. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned solo ball before. Um, the inconsistent shooting has been kind of a trend that we've seen. Uh, two threes, though, good sign. I feel like he's going to be that guy, though, over the next two, three years that we see, you know, constantly improve. Hopefully by a senior, he gets a lot better. And I would love to see more of Singara. I feel like Singara has definitely been a guy who 
has just fallen to the system. But I mean, one injury and like we have right now, but I mean, one more injury. And I feel like Sangaro is going to be a huge part of the team. Uh, obviously went to the same high school as Sonogo. So I, I'd love to see him kind of slot to that role. Yeah, obviously we play Butler next there. They have a better big man situation than DePaul, but it's not close to Soriano with St. John's. So maybe we'll see a little hit Singari, but seeing we didn't see him really at all versus DePaul, it wouldn't shock me if we don't. And a name we haven't talked about at all yet, and had one of his best games as a Husky, Stefan Castle. He had 14 points, four rebounds, and seven assists. He's a guy who just, he looks like he's a top five. Like, it's he's kind of struggling a little bit, but you could tell, like, this guy's has top five NBA draft potential. Just he looks like a step ahead with all the other, especially all the other freshmen out there. Just he gets his way down low. He he has nifty finishes. He has, he turns the ball over a little too much for my liking, but he's still, he's back from injury. I'm not going to say he's still coming back, but he missed a good like 10 games or so. Just about, it's tough for a freshman to miss a month plus and come back and produce right away. But I've been more than impressed from what he's, we've gotten from him since he came back. Yeah, my comparison for him at the start of the season after preseason was Cade Cunningham, just because of the way that he looks out there. I mean, Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State wasn't the most impressive you know, college player of a generation, but still good enough to earn the number one overall draft pick. And you could just tell he was bigger than everybody. He just had that physique that looked to him, that clean, clean cleanliness of an NBA guard. Uh, to me, Castle looks kind of the same, even when he's struggling. He's making an impact on the game, whether it be defensively on the boards. So I love to see Castle balling out. You know, hopefully he can keep this momentum going. Yeah, he certainly has been balling out, but he's kind of frustrating to me. I feel like out of all everyone on the roster, I find myself like upset about him the most just because of those turnovers and kind of dumb plays or like he almost tries to do too much sometimes where he drives into a sea of people and loses the ball. But that's that maturity will come over time, especially with Dan Hurley and his system. I'm not worried about that at all. I feel like he's a guy that could consistently get you 15 points and six assists tonight. Which, if he can give you that, along with what Tristan Newton's doing, because there's not going to be any more games this year where Newton goes scoreless. If there is, you can come back to this clip and and I don't know what you do with it, but he's not going scoreless again. He does, apparently does that once a year. He did it once last year. He's done it once this year. It won't happen again, but. It, I mean, we scored 85 points with Tristan Newton, our leading scorer, not scoring. That's just shows the depth on this team. Like Cam having 20. I bet we already mentioned all the numbers. Caravan 17, Castle 14, Diara 14. Just the balance there with Newton having an off night. That's something that I really, that's probably the main takeaway for me is we can beat teams in different ways. It doesn't just have to be Tristan Newton. And Newton, it's not like you folks. Little crash. Cut this out. But <laughs> Dude, it's not like he was out there chucking up shots, shooting 0 of 10, 0 of 11. I mean, he only took three shots, two threes. It's almost as if he knew that, hey, we have other guys who are going to easily bring this game home. So he kind of took a backseat, which I'm honestly all right with against DePaul. So, I mean, nothing really to be concerned with from Newton. Uh, so definitely, you know, I mean, seven assists anyways, good for him. Yeah, we'll look at DePaul real quick. Like, they're 3-10. and 10. They're the worst team in the Big East. This is the game we had to win, and obviously we comfortably comfortably won. They had a couple of guys with big games. Elijah Fisher, 17 points. He got to the free throw line a bunch. 
Deshaun Nelson was really their big man. He had 19. He kind of feasted down low. He's, I've said Caravan and him are the same size. They really are, but Nelson's more of a stronger player, and he kind of showed that down low. But besides that, there wasn't much going on. Chico Carter, their leading scorer, had three points. Both leading scorers really struggled in this one, which is kind of weird to see. But DePaul is just not that good. I mean, there's not much more to say about that. They're, they're going to find a win or two in the Big East, I feel like. They have... Some guys, but I don't think they'll have an 0-20 Georgetown level year. Well, maybe 2-18. and I bet they'll pick off Georgetown once, and they'll beat another team. Who knows who, but it's like that not George- us. That Georgetown team was definitely better, which is the weird part. I, I don't yeah. really understand. I, I definitely agree, but I don't know. It just feels like a bunch of guys over there. There's not a bunch of, like, team chemistry. There's a bunch. They only had eight assists compared to our, how many? 23, which obviously we made a lot more shots, but still they had eight assists. They had eight assists on 20 made field goals, which you want to see more ball movement, especially against a team who you know is great defensively like UConn. But we always key to Paul again until Valentine's Day. I bet they'll pick up a Big East win by then. Who knows, though? But let's move on to our next game. Tomorrow or today when you're seeing this, not sure when this will get posted, the Huskies travel to Indianapolis to take on a sneaky, decent Butler squad. Butler, they've been better than we everybody thought. A lot of the people had them around 8th or ninth in the Big East. They're solidly like 6th, I'd say, 5 or 6 right now in the conference. But what's your overall – I'll start with that. What's your initial like reaction going into this one? How do you feel? What's your confidence level? Well, they had a great preseason, obviously. I mean, they're 10-4 and four currently, but they've kind of – Falling back a little in the Big East. I mean, they took a beat in the St. John's and then overtime lost to Providence. So, I mean, I feel like we should have an easy time being Butler. I, I'm not saying that we're going to come out there and DePaul them, but they're definitely not St. John's and they're definitely not Seton Hall. So, I feel like on a scale of one to 10, I, I'd give us like an eight. I mean, hmm. Leaves a little bit of room for disappointment, obviously, with the way that we've kind of been playing. Uh, exclude DePaul. So, you know, you want to come out, you want to see them win, obviously, but you need to have, you know, better games from Newton to win. You need to have a similar Stefan Castle performance. Uh, just along those lines, you need Caravan and Castle, uh, Caravan and Spencer to make their shots. So, you know, you, you need that. You need them to play up to their expectations. Yeah, you mentioned they're kind of struggling in Big East play. They lost in overtime to Providence, who I'm sure everyone's seen by now. But if you haven't, Providence lost Bryce Hopkins for the year to an ACL. That sucks for the league as a whole, I feel like, because he's their best player, and they probably won't be as good as they should be without him, which sucks for the conference. That's a team that might not make the tournament now. That's how big of an impact he has, obviously, it helps UConn's case a little bit because we don't have to face him twice now, three times potentially. But you don't wish injury upon anyone, especially a guy like that. But they played Providence close. They probably should have beat them at the amp, but they kind of didn't foul up by three, and the rest is history. Providence won by 10 in overtime. But they also lost to St. John's in their last game. Like you mentioned, it was, wasn't very close. St. John's, obviously, coming off of our loss, they were – out for blood. They didn't want to drop another Big East game. They didn't, but Butler, they got some scores. They really coached Thad Mata, really hit the transfer portal, found some really good guys. Pierre Brooks averaging 16 points per game. He's from Michigan State. Jamil Telfer, he's from Northeastern, averaging 14. You got 
DJ Davis from UC Irvine, I believe he's averaging almost 14. And then Posh Alexander, we all know him from St. John's. He's averaging 10 points per game. Those are four transfers from this past portal, all averaging double figures. So they all play a lot. They're not very deep off the bench, but they definitely got some ballers. This is not going to be an easy game by any means. Not at all. I don't really have <laughs> I don't have too much to say about Butler. I mean, they do have some decent guys, but at the end of the day, I, I feel like we should be able to handle our business. Just don't play with your food. That's the only thing. I, I feel like that's kind of something that we've been prone to this season, kind of having higher expectations for ourselves, especially with clinging out. Um, you want to win all these games, but you can't. And I feel like we learned our lesson against CU Hall. St. John's came down to the wire. DePaul, kind of fun our groove. Butler, you need to prove your point that you are still the best team in the Big East and the best team potentially in the country. Yeah, with Klingon out, this is the game I feel like he would have a big one because Butler's big man group is not their strength. Andre Screen and Jalen Thomas, they're two solid players, but like I'd say they're around the same talent level of that Seton Hall front court of Bediaco and I forget the backup center's name, but obviously they they were about a lot better. Bediaco at least was a lot better than we thought he'd be. He kind of handled Klingon while he was healthy until he got hurt. But I feel like Samson's going to have another solid game. He, he had eight points last game. He had 16 versus St. John's. I, th- I feel like he'll get back in double figures against, against these guys. And I do think, actually, looking at this roster and depth chart, I feel like we will see a little bit of Singare, especially against a guy like Andre Screen, a seven-footer. You can't put Caravan against a seven-footer. You could try, but I don't think it would work. It would work very well. We're going to get to players to watch, but one thing I want to touch upon, two things actually I want to touch upon real quick. First, about this Butler game. This is going to be tough mostly because it's a road game in the Big East, and we kind of got a target on our back as we're the reigning national champions. We're ranked in the top four. They're going to, the fans are going to bring their best. The team's going to bring their best, and we're going to see a lot of these games, especially like against the Butlers and against the Xaviers, and the team's kind of in the middle of the pack that we should beat, but... On the road, it might be tough. This is going to be one of those games. I know Andrew, he's not here today. He said a couple times he feels like this is going to be a loss. I I agree I'm confident we'll win, but I also it wouldn't shock me. I, I'd, I'd ex- I'll put it this way. I'd expect a loss here more than I'd expect the loss at Seton Hall. Obviously, we already lost there, but I'd expect us to drop this game. High, higher chance we would, but who knows? We'll, we'll see how we fare in our first true road test since that. Seton Hall. I'll call it a disaster. We shouldn't have lost by 15, but we'll see how we fare. Yeah, and I want to see how they play, kind of since we've caught this wave, uh, these two wins in a row. Um, obviously, coming off the disappointing loss to Seton Hall, I want to see how they kind of ride this wave, this momentum. I want to see how Hurley calls this game. You know, and it, I, people kind of forget about Hurley a lot. Like, not forget, but, you know, he's a very important cog to this machine, and you need him to be coaching his best in order for you know the team to win so I, I'm excited to see how he calls this game another thing before we do our players to watch going off topic a little bit here we got an NBA report one of our guys Adama Sanogo really he it wasn't technically his debut but really the first time he saw more than like one minute it was in garbage time against the 76ers he played nine minutes he had eight points and six rebounds and he was plus 17 in a 13 point loss that's kind of that's kind of crazy in only nine minutes to be plus 17. I believe once he checked in, the Sixers didn't score again in the final nine minutes, which is 
I mean, he's defensive player of the year. If that's the case, I mean, it's shocking to see an NBA team go that long without scoring. But what's crazy to me, first of all, congrats to him. He He's earned it. I mean, obviously, there was some discussions. Should he go? Is he ready? Will he make it in the league? He's an undersized center who can't shoot much from distance. But he's clearly proven all those doubters wrong. But what's surprising to me is the Bulls are a little hurt right now, especially in the front court. Andre Drummond, who obviously we all know is a Husky, He's their only real true center on the roster besides Sonogo, and Sonogo's not playing. Obviously, there's more into that, but the guy who's playing backup center minutes, or technically the backup center minutes for the Bulls is like 6'4", 6'5", which, I mean, you got Adonis Sonogo right there who's proven he can win at high levels, obviously, in the NCAA tournament. You got to play him, especially, I, I thought, obviously, that was Tuesday that he had eight points and six rebounds. They played again Wednesday against the Knicks. He didn't play. I mean, I don't know what more he has to prove to the coach, Billy Donovan, but I'm just happy for him. He'll find his chance eventually. Yeah, we know the Bulls are a disaster. Uh, I, I don't really expect anything out of them. They have a lot of time. How many wins do they have? 13 wins, 14 wins. It's just disappointing. But, I mean, I've been saying this since last year. Just move him to the four. I, I feel, he's a perfect four. He's like 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, He's got the build. He can semi-stretch the floor. He can semi-shoot. He can put the ball in the basket. That's just what they need. I don't really see what else they have to lose. And shout out to Jordan Hawkins, too, for playing out of this world in the G League, being sent down for nearly no reason. So, I mean, we got a few guys out here being snubbed. But, you know, I'm yeah. glad they're there anyways. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Hawkins is first. And I believe his only G League game, he had 31 points in, like, 30 minutes or something like that, but that's beyond the point. All the, all the, I feel like there's a common trend. All these teams, except for the Bucks with Andre Jackson, all these teams, the Huskies have been drafted recently, don't know how to use them. James Booknight, he has, he had some off the court issues with Charlotte, but he's still, I feel like, better than some of the guys that are running out there on a bad team right now. Hawkins, obviously, we all know that. Sonogo, I understand why he's not playing. He's a two way guy, but I don't know. I just hope guys like Castle and Klingon and Caravan go to, a team like the Bucks or a team like that knows how to use their guys, like a team like the Heat. Like you see what Jaime Jaquez is doing right now. I feel like him and Caravan have similar like similar play styles. I could see Caravan fitting in with the Miami Heat playing twenty five minutes a game, but we're getting way off topic here. Congrats to Sonogo on his first real taste of the NBA and hopefully many more big games to come. Now we'll shift over to those players to watch for Butler. I'll let you go first. Who are you watching mostly? Well, since there's only two of us and there's so much to cover, I feel like I'm just going to take the entire backcourt, starters and bench, Castle, uh, Diara, everybody. I, I want to see everybody, obviously. Uh, Newton was zero points last game. I want to see him bounce back, have a great game. I want to see another top five level game from Castle, I want to see Fiara playing six man of the year, Sarkis prediction minutes. Um, I, I just want to see everybody come back and for Newton to kind of re re replace that performance that he had with zero points and for the other guys to kind of repeat that performance. So all three or four of them, I, I just want to see them have big games. Yeah, I'm between a couple of guys. You took all the guards, so I'll rule out them. <laughs> I'll take Samson Johnson. He only had one rebound in his 23 minutes against a team that isn't that big. He had eight points, four fouls. Two were kind of stupid off-the-ball fouls in the first half, like five seconds apart. So he's got to be smarter there. This is a 
I mean, he had eight points, four or five from the field, but this is almost like a, a get back game for him, even though he had a strong performance. I feel like I mentioned, I think he'll get in double figures. I can easily see 12 points, but I want to see at least five rebounds out of him. He's our starting center. He's playing, he played 30 minutes against St. John. So he played 23 in foul trouble versus DePaul. I expect around 25 minutes on average while Klingon's out. In 25 minutes, I feel like a center should be able to grab five rebounds. So that's my goal for Samson Johnson. We'll see if he does it. We'll have another episode after this game, obviously. We'll we'll see if he does it. I'll I'll hold him to it and I'll call him out if he doesn't. But five rebounds from Samson Johnson is my player to watch and stat line to watch, I guess. And I think that'll just about do it here. Another two man show of How About the Huskies, episode fifty four, recapping a blowout slaughtering of DePaul and previewing what might be a tough game against Butler, but hopefully probably won't. But I'm just excited to have another big game. Obviously, Hinkle Fieldhouse is a historic Big East arena. It's going to be packed, I assume, in Indianapolis on a Friday night. It's going to be tough to win there. Even though Butler's never beat us, that's a fun fact. They've never they've we've only played them five times, I believe. We in the twice a year since we got back in the Big East and then in the uh in the National Championship in 2011. I believe that math's right. But yeah, we, no matter no matter what, we haven't lost to them ever. I don't expect to ever lose to Butler in program history. And let's not make it tomorrow the first time. But yeah, that's all we got. Look for like I said, look for another episode after this one, previewing another tough road test against Xavier. And yeah, thanks for watching. Stay tuned.